Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your life and career forward. Folks, I have an awesome guest today. Super thrilled to have Hakeem Valleys with me today. And Hakeem signed his rookie contract to play pro football with the Arizona Cardinals. But when he got that paycheck, he didn't buy a new car or watch or any of that kind of crap. He went out and secured an FHA loan and bought a four bedroom apartment complex and lived with one of them and rented out the others. That is freaking awesome, I love it. And that combination of tenacity, entrepreneurial spirit, and humility have long been a part of his life, and he continues to exhibit these traits in his transition from the NFL to a real-time real estate investor career. And he's also the founder of a media agency. We're gonna talk about that. He's down in Miami right now for the Super Bowl. We're gonna talk about all that kind of fun stuff. I'm gonna get his picks and predictions. And by the time this episode airs, we will know the winner for sure. Um, and I had an opportunity to meet him uh, through a Dave Meltzer event at the end of 2019. We clicked and I said, dude, I got to get you on the show. I am thrilled to welcome him today. Hakeem, welcome to the podcast, my man. Adam, really, really, really appreciate you um, having me on the show. I know there were some miscommunications getting me on. I'm glad we could uh, make it happen. We did it. You know what I, you know what I say about miscommunications, right? The, the, if, it, if it's worth it, it won't be easy. Right. And we, and we need to happen. So here's how we're going to do it here. So let's back it up first. Right. Everyone knows you played in the NFL, you're doing real estate now, but let's take it back to the beginning, man. I love to hear origin stories. I love to hear your superhero origin story. Where did it all start from and how'd you get from where you are to where we are now, man? Yeah. So I've always kind of just prided myself um, of having a ridiculous amount of self-awareness, just kind of always knowing I was an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and always knowing I was an athlete, you know, growing up in fifth grade, have my own lawn care service company in seventh grade, have my own, uh, I used to sell Skittles in middle school, um, gone from high school to college, you know, uh, used to fix iPhones and an iPhone repair business. And parallel to that, I also wanted to go to the NBA. So back in middle school, they cut sports, and I used to go to LA Fitness every morning at 4 a.m. and my dad take me, and I get my shots in. I just trying to be a great basketball player in that sense. Um, Force fast forward to college. You know, I've always been interested in real estate, so my degree was business with concentration in real estate, um, and started flipping houses in North Jersey while I was in school. And, you know, moving forward, you know, I was a bench player at Monmouth, like as a football player, so I did not see the field. I, you know, personally credit making it to the NFL from overcoming a personal tragedy of uh, being on a missionary trip down in Haiti. And um, long story short, our compound was ambushed, shot at, hogtied, blindfolded. And I credit overcoming that traumatic experience um, to, make it, to making it to the NFL. And, you know, throughout the NFL, continued my entrepreneurial spirit, buying properties in the real estate space, in the cannabis space, and um, retired early February, just about exactly a year ago. And uh, since then, now we focus on apartment buildings that are, you know, 50 units and up. Um, I'm a professional speaker, speaking in a lot of different markets on a various amount of topics. 
And I've recently just launched Perspective Global Media, a uh, global media agency representing small businesses, startups, real estate professionals, and financial services professionals. I love it, man. And, and, and it's just that tenacity, man. Let me, I mean, I'm kind of going out of order here, but you know, how much guidance do you, do you give to either, you know, current NFL athletes or ones that have recently retired? Like, cause you're a beacon, man. They're drawn to you. I mean, you're setting an example. Like you have a lot of folks coming to you. You're working with the NFL to kind of give this advice because you're doing it, man. Like 100%. the NFL is a chapter in your, it doesn't, the NFL doesn't define you who you are. It's a chapter, man. It's a chapter in your story. 150%. Um, I haven't necessarily directly worked at the NFL yet in that sense, um, but 100%. I, whether it's one-on-ones, whether it's a phone call, and so I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a product where I'm, and I don't plan on ever having a product where I'm doing any type of coaching service or consulting in terms of for my peers in that sense. Um, so I take calls all the time from guys who actually might have a coaching, a coaching client of someone right. in transition but then is interested in, in getting into real estate. And that's where a lot of just long phone calls, a lot of advice. Um, and then while I was playing, I, it's very, very, uh, what's the word? A point that stuck at the top of my head is when I was in Detroit, we had a small group of guys. We were like all practice squad slash fringe players. Um, but my fiance would, she would cook up some super good food and some super good dessert. And we would eat and chat about business, life, money. And then I had a massive bookshelf um at my house and they would all pretty much take a book for the week or for the two weeks and, i came uh, library did you charge pretty late, cool did you, did you charge late fees <laughs> right? did you have like a library card books. was it like a membership <laughs> card for it right <laughs> i, I should have because I, I now that you say it i'm actually missing some books <laughs> right you got to go back and collect those fees so if you don't mind i i want to rewind a little bit and and talk about that that, that incident in in haiti because i remember you talking about that um, when I first met you, and I don't want to really go into the details of that, mm-hmm. but I want to I want to talk about that moment because, unfortunately, there's a lot of us that have had those type of moments where it's like you do not know if you're going to make it out or not, right? Yeah. Um, when when you were in the clear, right? What was that like aha moment where you're like, what was it that you said you were going to change about yourself? Now that you got that second chance, was it something you were going to change? Was it a direction you were going to take? What was that mindset shift at that at that my, moment? My mindset shift was really, I, first of all, I'm alive. Like, holy crap. Like, it was more. It was that serious. Of, it was that freaking serious. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I was at peace with the fact that I was going to die. Like, pissed myself. Like, Jesus. saw my life flash in front of my eyes. It's insane. The moment was, so this is, like I guess I was a bench player for my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Played my senior year and then got granted a fifth year. This was in between four and five. So just finished my fourth year, just had a meeting with my tight ends coach. And he pretty much told me if I put the work in, I could potentially be an NFL tight end. And after that event happened, it was like, wow, I can take advantage of this one opportunity. My little brother on top of that, to add some context, was also an NFL player. And he had just gotten drafted to the Raiders. And you have that, you know, if he can do it, I can do it mentality, especially with your brother. And you know what I mean? Early um, competition. Yeah, but it was more along the lines of like taking advantage of the opportunity of a lifetime, like in the lifetime of this opportunity, because second in chance. contrary, you could be dead and you should be dead. That's so that's crazy, where it, it kind of uh, it kind of stems from. And then on top of that, my mindset going into now training and on a daily day to day basis in terms of, you know, framing it every day, it, it's 
nothing's hard when you've been through like i it can't get worse than that. tomorrow because it's not as bad as being tied up in a third world country That's and like i try and challenge people because me personally i didn't come from an underprivileged background my dad was a, a state trooper in new jersey and like so it wasn't like i came from hardship and like a lot of players i'd say statistically in the nfl like yep. come from some sort of hardship and i think um some people need to challenge themselves of that hardship and framing on, on like a day-to-day -day basis. Or if you've experienced something in your life, it's good. Cause I don't know if that, if that didn't happen, I don't know if I would still have the same tenacity that we're talking about. Right. That's, show. that's so crazy. It was a second, it was Without a second it. chance for you to kind of reset and really focus here. So let's a switch to something reset. fun. Um, and I love talking to professional athletes about this and I love talking about rookie season is there i'm sure it was crazy man is there like one quick crazy story i know a lot of stuff it's kind of like a, a fraternity there and you you kind of yeah. can't say a lot of things but is there like one crazy story like you finally make it right you're traveling with the team you're on the road i'm sure there's some crazy stories but like what's one kind of cool funny story uh that you could share about rookie season my rookie year were you, were you in detroit your rookie year who no i was arizona for arizona. my first year year and a half um let me think that, that's a good that's, that's such a good question probably i just love to hear this shit man yeah i'd probably say hmm. like any so like any hazing like i know like i'm a huge new york mets fan right and i follow a bunch of the players and they do this thing where it's like rookie day right where they literally dress the players up in like crazy costumes they were like they were like emojis or some kind of superheroes but they were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it was like i remember noah syndergaard back in the day with his rookie year he had to wear like a children's medium outfit and he's you know big tall dude that's hilarious yeah and it i'd was, say during during camp so it's actually funny enough because i was just whistling the song before we went on air don't worry be during happy. camp yeah everyone <laughs> has to do a rookie song so it's like a very memorable yeah. moment it's funny because i think just thinking of like status and you know, being new to a team, feeling like you're a freshman on the varsity team in that sense. My rookie song, it'd be, it'd be, everyone essentially in front of the entire organization from every team player, from the head coach. I, I want to say the GM is in the room, front office people are in the room. And literally you have to do a song, a joke or a skit in front of everybody. And there's just people on the front row crumpling up paper, waiting for you to mess up and you're just getting launched. And it's it. like, it's brutal. But I went up there and I just... And like got everybody snapping with me and then like sang the whole song and like you won them over man i won them over you, you, and like i was no like even i mean year three and like i see a guy on a different team and as soon as they see me they're like <laughs> it's, 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 it's uh it's pretty cool it's pretty fun that's, but that, that's that was that was definitely a moment i love it and, and what would you say was your toughest on the field moment like was there one game was there one situation like what was that defining moment like everybody has even their professional career like that was yeah. some tough shit that was a tough game that was a tough 100%, set of downs yeah. you know we were down what was that moment for you yeah minnesota vikings against the, that was i was my rookie year cordell cordell patterson man that dude i have the utmost respect for i don't even know if i've ever met him before utmost respect in terms of how good he is and how he runs as a kickoff returner i mean as a yeah as a kickoff returner because so I was, I started on kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return, and some series on, like, packages on offense, like, were my package. And literally, second, second half, we come out, we kick off to them. Cordell Patterson runs it back, 
touchdown. So I I'm I tagged pride so myself in being one of the first down there. So he ran and it back. And then he zooms back, and now I'm chasing him down on his back end all the way to the end zone. Don't get him. You were the last they guy scored. chasing him, right? That guy, the desperation chase down? Like, the, the just flailing at him, trying yes, to get anything? Yes, that guy who also sprinted all the way down trying to be the first one there. Now, coming – now, the next play is they kick a field goal. The very next play is now kick return, which I'm on. We have a super long kick return. Boom. Sucked. Then uh, – my package is up. Boom. And we go three and out. Boom, boom, boom. And then I'm on punt. You're back again. <laughs> and that quick boom, 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 mix it, starting with a kick return, I was so effed up the rest of the game, just like so tired from it. You just winded. But then post-game, we lost. That sucks. So a locker room is like a funeral. And we're all – I remember this so vividly. The GM, head coach, Brucearian's talking. Um, I'm standing next to Jermaine Gresh, and I'm like, yo, Gresh, like, I am spinning right now. I don't know if I'm going to pass out or throw up, like, whispering <laughs> it to him. Like, if I fall, just make sure you catch me. Like, and make sure no one sees the shit. <laughs> yeah, because it was like – and it's like you can hear a pin drop. We just lost the game. Coach is giving his post-game speech. And literally, as soon as he stops, I just run to the bathroom, and I just barf. Every, and I've never, at, to this point in my life, I've never thrown up from a workout or beat. anything of that sort. You were beat down. I was straight up beat and threw up everywhere. And it was, but that was 100%. That's so vivid in terms of how, I remember how hard that was. I, I love it, dude. So let's fast forward a little bit. Let's talk about that decision to retire. What, what was that like? I mean, you, you, you made it to the top. Um, what happened there? So it's, 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 it's a lot of different angles to it. And to add even some more context to it, I actually been training and may potentially come back next year, um, which could get very interesting. Don't count them out. Um, so I got to a point of, I have a one-year-old now, and awesome. after having her really put things in perspective for me, understanding Real quick. that I couldn't be the dad I wanted to be, the, the, the investor and entrepreneur that was burning inside of me and playing the NFL at the same time. You know, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm on the field. 6 to 7.30, I get to be a dad. 7.30 to 9, I get to be a fiance. And then when, when does it get, get time to actually do what I need to and want to do because I've never had the free time and headspace to actually crush it. And after having the baby as well and not like being in, in Detroit, just being open. Like I, the culture wasn't what I wanted, like at least with, uh, after Jim Caldwell left, it wasn't what I, you know, my love for the football, my love for the game, you know, went down in that sense. And I ultimately just made the decision to, uh, to walk away and double down on myself because I leveraged myself, right, with my real estate investments, with my cannabis investments, so I could actually have enough time to stay above water to double down on what I actually want to do. And now everything is essentially coming to fruition. But ultimately, one of my biggest regrets was I was insecure when I played in the NFL. So I never told my truth. I never posted content at scale. I never told I, – I realized what that social equity could do now if I go back and be tactical about it and build the systems with the businesses that I'm doing now to almost a residual level. So if I go to the NFL and I play, cool. If I don't, I could care less. But if I do go, Amazing. I know I'm going to fucking crush it. Dude. Because I, I've already seen it from a bird's eye view after being in it. I see these crazy, these crazy, I don't even call it patterns, right? I mean, these are chapters in your life that are making you stronger one thing after another. And it's funny, I'm kind of smirking as you're talking because I see so many parallels. 
where, you know, I've had a pivot in my career. I went from, you know, the first 15 years, you know, working in advertising and marketing. And then I had that low point, right, where I fucked up and I, and I got fired from a job. I was working for the great Gary Vaynerchuk and I lost mm. my job, man. And I had to make a decision kind of like you. I'm like, what do I want to be doing? Right? What's that quality of life? My, my daughter was three at the time and I was like, I need to make more money. I need to do something ultimately, as you just said, where I'm happy and I have a passion and I care about it. And once you actually do something, you have a passion for real estate and investing. You also have a passion for football. And like now you got yourself back in a place where you were in that mindset to get back to football, right? You're yeah, I think a lot of people are too scared to pivot. I think there's strength in pivoting. I think people, they, they announce from the mountaintop, I'm retiring from football and doing X, Y, Z. And then they have too much pride to say a year later, say, hmm. I'm going to go back and play football again. Yeah. And instead just keep going and keep going and keep going to, to prove to your arbitrary, you know, whoever of what you're doing. But it goes back to something you talked about earlier, self-awareness. And I think self-awareness is one of the ultimate, ultimate skills that you could have and recognize. So let's talk about your self-awareness epiphany, because I think everybody has it in them, right? But there's usually that one moment where you're like, you know what, now it's time for me to be my true self, vulnerable, open, and that will lead to the true self-awareness. Well, I'm going to recognize who I am, what my strengths are, and what my weaknesses are. And it's, and, it, and it's that moment, right? And for me, it was with Gary Vee. And when I got let go that day, Gary Vee sat across from me. I don't know if you know my whole story. And he literally said, he literally said I'll, I'll, we'll take that offline. But he literally said to me on the day I got fired, man, stop focusing on the shit that you suck at and double down on your strengths. And that mm. is exactly what I did, Right. But for, and that was my self-awareness moment. That was my epiphany. What was that moment for you? Um, and maybe it wasn't a moment. Maybe it was a buildup. Yeah. Maybe it was something you always had. But where was it where, where it clicked? It fucking clicked, right? And you're like, so I don't, yourself. I'm trying to think because there's been so many moments in that sense. Uh, on multiple occasions, when it was time to walk away from the game, it was really having a, big one. a daughter. And then going into, say, starting a media company, it was, Honestly, it was after it's funny. It was after a, a Gary V a Gary V speech um, that I was actually supposed to speak at, and I it was I thought it was like a high point in my speaking career. Holy shit! I'm on stage with Gary. Like that's that's a that's definitely a, a, an accomplishment. But with some confusion um, via the sponsors for the event, um, it was a miscommunication. I couldn't actually speak, but they still invited me to go. And Gary the audience he was speaking to his message just spoke to me that day and it was just like damn like i know what i'm good at i know what i can do and i just executed on it in that sense real estate i i remember i remember being self-aware knowing that i wanted to do real estate the rest of my life it was my finished my rookie year decided i didn't want to be a duplex and fourplex investor wanted to buy large apartment buildings it's real life monopoly went on a 21 day trip to seven different markets meeting brokers investors nfl players who lived there property managers, attorneys, and those 21 days of just moving and shaking, I knew I was, you know, you, I think human you beings feel know when you're on fire, you know it every you know, single time. And it was just like, I'm doing this the rest of my life. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about that first property that you bought, right? So you were, you were, you were playing and you were renting and you're like, why, you know, I got, I got a couple bucks in my pocket. Instead of renting, I could just buy this building and live out of that one. Right. Was that like the, the first, the first click for you? Well, yeah. So it was more along the lines of I actually watched my little brother who was on the Raiders, who was living in Alameda, California, and was in a year lease paying three grand a month and got cut from the Raiders and went to the bills overnight. 
and was still stuck six months with 18 grand just poof going to air. Then when I was in Arizona, I was paying, I was like, okay, to counter that mistake, I'm not gonna do a year lease, I'm just gonna do month to month. But I was paying two grand a month, and I'm like, still, this two thousand dollars is going to air. There's yeah, no asset that renting is just poof. So I essentially there's a site called Bigger Pockets, which is like the Facebook for real estate investors. Made a post leveraging my NFL social equity saying my name's Dallas, tight end for the Cardinals. I'm on a house hack, love to network with other people in the area who've done it. Like 30, 40 people responded, took them all out the coffee. They took me to go on their properties. It was, I should have started a podcast back then, honestly, because I can't imagine where it'd be right, right now. It's great content. Another regret. Um, but that, I literally took three months, four months, my second year off season, like my first year off season, and learned, found a realtor broker. We utilized the FHA loan strategy. Most people think that with an FHA loan, you can put three and a half percent down on a single family home. And that's what lot. they tell you. In reality, you can put three and a half percent down on a single family home, a duplex, a triplex, or a four unit apartment building. So my fourplex cost $268,000, came out of pocket $13,000 for the down payment. My mortgage was $1,700 a month. My tenants brought in $2,300 a month while living there. Simple math. Had a, had a Section 8 tenant living below me, and my, my, my teammates thought I was insane for doing I'm like, this is long term. And then like when I got cut, took the unit I was living in. FHA loan, you technically have to live in it for a year. I got cut seven months later, but to retain your address and to stay within the rule guidelines, you can Airbnb it. And it actually made double of what it would have ran for. You played the system, right? You made the 100%. system you made the, you made the system work for you. And that's another thing too. It's knowing the rules, right? And any game that you're playing in, in business, the ones that really understand the rules, we're not talking about cheating the system, but you're learning how to work it right? To your, to your advantage. And I think that's tremendous. What's the biggest lesson you've learned so far in real estate investing? Mm, I'm back to being self-aware. I've learned what I like to do and what I don't like to do. So I don't like to handle tenants. I don't like now anymore. I don't like handle, I don't even like operations anymore. So we're going away from asset managing and only solely focusing on the capital raising side. Yeah. Hard money. Partnering, partnering, not necessarily hard money, partnering for equity on like in a syndication fashion, partnering with experienced operators in the markets we want to focus on instead of actually us calling the shots on rents going up on um, everything on terms of day to day. We're just going to provide the capital and handle investor relations on the back end because after I, I bought a seven unit apartment building after I retired and was doing operations and hated it like just in new instantly i hated it like we had a property manager too it's not like i was managing the day to day just being an asset manager being self-aware walked away from it and that's, but i'm also but i would say that's scaling that's scaling yourself man 100 percent. and like i i knew you ha like i think everyone if you get into real estate always budget for a property manager because my i didn't when i started i was like oh, i'm living there i can do it myself even if you're living there, you should have a property manager and act like you don't even own the building. Because one of the most stressful things I've ever had to do was in the process of getting cut from the Cardinals, I had to evict a tenant who literally was a drug, uh, she was a, a, a druggie. I don't know. How you got to get her out. Sound. Yeah, you got to go. She was a druggie, and then she almost caught the apartment on fire. She, <laughs> she tried a, to kill her. She tried to kill herself. It's like a liability, dude. Week. She's got to go. 
Yeah, and you ain't I'm got to leave, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, and I'm living in a hotel in Detroit, and I'm communicating everything through my fiance, and she's freaking the hell out because we're also have to move from Arizona to Detroit. That's a tough spot. And like that was like that was a big lesson, mistake learned. Like hell no, I'm never gonna be the 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 bottleneck at the at, you know at the end of it um, for me. So really scaling in that yeah, sense. That's, but that's mistake. That's super smart. So let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about um, your 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 media company that you're building, Perspective Global Media. Tell us what it's all about. What's your goals? What are your objectives? What are you looking to accomplish here? So with Perspective Global Media, um, you know, we're a global media agency. Essentially, we help real estate. I mentioned earlier, real estate professionals, startups, small businesses, um, and financial services providers um, the strategy to scale their content strategy, whether it's starting a podcast or it's starting a daily video show we essentially on the back end with our team of um video editors and producers create micro content and long form content at scale for you but with speed so we're trying to pride ourselves with turning content within three days and trying to get that into 24 hours um but then also do media spend um, in certain capacities for certain things, like some thought leaders that are clients that are trying to do speaking events, for example, because I've, I only do stuff that I've done. Like I've been able to create a 30 person speaking event in a month for myself, solely awesome. using Facebook and Instagram ads. I've been able to create VIP dinners in whatever city I want to solely using, you know, optimizing a campaign for video views and then retargeting the hundred percent. You're dangerous, dude. You're, you're a triple threat, man. I'm, I'm dangerous, dangerous. Like every video. You're, you're dangerous, dude. I'm, my I ears are perking right now. I got, I even got ideas I'm going to talk to you offline about. I'm like, this guy, this guy's man, dude, yeah, I, so, I love it, man. I, I definitely want to see how I could, uh, you know, help you out and partner with that. But let, let's keep this one going here. Let's talk about leadership, right? Like, I mean, you exemplify, I see so many traits coming through to you. Who was it that mentored you, right? Like, who did you look up to in your life, in your career? on the field, off the field? Like, who was that leader that you kind of said, you know what, I like the way this this guy or gal leads and I want to be like them? Honestly, it's, I, I say, I'll say three different people. Matt Stafford, quiet confidence. Good quarterback. And with his quiet confidence um, and with leading by action, doesn't have to say much, but can actually show you what he's talking about. And then, be able to communicate with you at scale on the field and lead by that because you can, it's almost a, a silent trust that you can always count on. You don't necessarily have that with every quarterback or every team member in that sense. Jim Caldwell, uh, head coach, a gentleman's gentleman, has truly defined the definition of that to me and how to effectively lead a group of alpha males without motherfucking them every day. I don't think he's ever said a curse word in his life, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, that takes skill too. Intelligence takes extreme skill, but to also, but to on the Especially balance, the to also have them respect you, like revere you, respect you without you cursing. Like that is a severe, severe, severe talent. And like, I could genuinely say 95% of the room, like most, most teams, no one cares about the team meeting, could care less about any of like the actual bad stuff. You're ready to get into your actual position meeting and get on the field. 95% of the room for his Monday, Tuesday, his, Wednesday, Thursday team meeting, because you don't do a team meeting on Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, and his Saturday night before the game team meeting. People, like, when I say, like, genuinely look forward to it. Because, like, you knew. It's like, say, like, a, you're, like an 18-year-old getting set up for a Gary B session. Because you're getting that three days a week in terms of leadership, in terms of wisdom, in terms of, like, 
unreal. And then off the field, my dad, my dad's like Superman to me, like exemplifying him as a man in terms of respect, um, in terms of like honor in that sense, and in terms of doing things when people aren't watching. I live a very public life, but also live a very a private life as well. Um, but understanding what everything you do, regardless if it's on camera or if it's off camera, what that actually means to the world and to the universe in that sense. I love it, man. So let's bring it home here with, uh, I'm not going to call it rapid fire, but some, you know, kind of, kind of quick answers here. What are you scared of Hakeem? What am I scared of? I think Kobe Bryant put things in perspective, um, after him, you know, passing away. I think I've had people die that are, close to me, probably not that close to me. And Kobe Bryant's not even close to you. And I think Kobe Bryant is, I think it was a, it's, you, you hate to call it a great lesson for people because it's such a tragedy at, at, the, at the same time. Um, but I think because he was such a, and it's very interesting, especially because we're talking about Gary Vee, I can actually touch on this for a second. It's very interesting how Gary Vee talks about how many people he wants to show up to his funeral. It's very interesting to know how long-term of a game he's playing because I don't think he's anywhere near Kobe Bryant. But I think to, to strive to be a person, to have that type of impact that Kobe's had, even to the, like today, like I'm getting the chills even talking about it right now, is something that's wild. But it made me realize, I think it's making people realize that, damn, like someone who's had an impact on you, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever, if someone close to me like that passes away, I don't know how crazy I feel considering how I feel with Kobe. Do you know what I'm saying? And he touched, he touched so many. And then you think about his daughter was with him on the flight. I mean, it gets, it, it goes deep, man. Um, what does the word authentic mean to you? Authentic, I think means being your, I hate to say just your truest self, but I think it has a lot to do with energy and it has a lot to do with uh, biology because I mean, humans are animals at the end of the day. And we can sense very quickly if someone's being authentic or if they're not. You can sense when you're on a phone call with someone if someone's reading from a script or if they're actually talking to Adam, the human being. Yeah, Or you can sense if someone is giving a speech and they're actually talking about experience or they just read 10 self-help books and they're just regurgitated right, they just, back to you and have never done it themselves. That they're just, um, they're just spinning it their own way. So I think that's the epitome of authenticity is, you know, being the truest form of yourself and not pandering, you know, to anything. I was at a networking event last night and joggers in a hoodie and everyone else had suits on. And I did not to be like super Gary V-ish in that sense. It was, I that's you. just got, I, I flew out. It is me, but it also, when I feel it, I feel it. When I don't, I don't. I literally got in from the airport and I was like, I just don't feel like changing and getting all suited up. Like, I'm wearing what I'm wearing because I'm me at the end of the day. If you don't like me at my core's form, the suit's not gonna I change don't want to do business with you anyway. You right, the suit mean? doesn't define the man, right? Like, 100%. that's totally true. I love this question and I love to ask this to you. What is the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Mm. So the fortune is in the follow-up. I think we're presented hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of opportunities on a daily basis, but especially entrepreneurs, because we our brains move so fast, we just don't follow up. And I think whether it's getting off a podcast, hearing a podcast, and the guest at the end says, hey, or the host says, hey, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Oh, I check all my, my email. Just email me at blah, 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 blah. 
who, if you know, it's some person who's a professor at a prestigious university and blah, 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 it's telling people to reach out to them. Who's actually taking the time to actually send that email? And that's a version of following up. Who's following up with their college professors on now doing business with them now that you're graduated? Who's following up with all the bullshit stack of business cards that you have, but people actually genuinely said, I'll do business with you, here's my card. Who's following up with, <laughs> who's following up with, hey, I got this opportunity and this guy says, blah, 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 send me the deck. Are you actually sending the deck? But I also think that it also comes with self-awareness and hiring out your weaknesses because I recently just, like this last month, I hired out a badass admin. Boom. Who's been killing it. In terms of following up, I do Yelling, two dude. brain, I do two brain dumps a day. I wake up in the morning and just talk for 20 minutes on what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling, what needs to get done, what's pressing, what's stressing me out, boom. Now we put it in our Trello system so there's a follow-up. Trello's good, man. Trello Monday. It. You got it, man. You're scaling, you're building out processes and systems. You got this shit on lockdown, man. This is good stuff. It's critical. Um, but that's in the follow-up because that's yeah. what I, I, I give that advice because now I'm trying to do that at scale. But it also comes down to, though, to be good at following up, you also, if you're a real mover and shaker, you're going to drop the ball a couple of times on a couple of follow-ups. You can't stress yourself out in that sense of like, damn, like, I, I forgot to email Adam back. So I'm just going to go into my, crawl into my hole and never message him back again about getting on his podcast. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. people do that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do with my guests too. Like it's, 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 you know, my three P's are patient, polite, persistence. Those are my keys to success. And that's what really has driven me. We connected. I could have let it go. Right. I could have like, you know, not stayed on top of you. I could have. And just you were so you. nice about it, dude. Because like, some people can be dicks about it. I mean, yeah. say like, say it's on me on the show, but like, even when you hit me with a message of bump, just to hop to the top of my LinkedIn, I was just like, damn. Like, I genuinely because in the last four days, the one you, thing people don't I get so much shit. I do, I send an hour a day. I block out to actually do outreach on LinkedIn of whoever people I've connected with. I send a video saying, super happy to be connected with you. Hope my content can bring you some value. Anything I ever can do for me, like, I love feel it. free to reach out. But because of that, my message is everything gets dropped down. And when you sent me, hey, bump, just so I can go back to the top. And I was just like, look at that. The bump, Sorry the about bump, that. The, bump's a great, the bump's a great tactic, man. And, and Gary like me the bump. I bump him all the time. I've never heard about that. I, that that's in my, that's in because my, it's not my, rude, right? It's, it's, just, it's just bump. It's like... <laughs> right like you're avoiding any of that hey akim i'm really sorry to interrupt you i know you have a very like, cut all that shit out of it it's just like business bump get it. i know you have, your inbox is going bump bump all right dude let, let's bring it home here right like what is your superpower dude what do you do better than almost anyone in this planet that makes you the fucking rock star that you are man um i think being able to i think a lot of people like I love talking to people and giving a bird's eye view of the, not of their life in terms of like, this is what you got to do, blah, 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 because that can just be very overbearing. And you, the fact that you even have the audacity to, to think that you can tell someone what to do in their life is comical. I think I'm exceptionally good at looking at your life, what you're doing, and now showing you, okay, did you know how you could integrate this, that, and that? But then people do that and then leave you on the cliff and then have you sign up for their course and then have you sign up for whatever I then hit you with here's how and it's practical versus you have no fucking clue what to do it's if you do this you do it most people just don't do it and now that's between you 
God or whoever you pray to in that sense of why you're not doing it. That's awesome. And, and last but not least, right? You've been in those dark times, man. You were hogtied in a third world country, your light flashed in front of you and you thought it was over and you had to look up. You had to find that strength. And on the flip side of that, you made it to the NFL. You made it to the top of your chosen profession and you wanted to show gratitude. In those two times of desperation when things were at their worst and at times when they're at their best, what was that North Star? Hakeem, what is your North Star? Mm. I think for me, it's family. Um, like, I mean, you, you take it back to when that, when that happened, like I'll, a moment that I'll never forget in my entire life is 45 minutes later after that treachery happened, you know, covered in piss, feet bleeding because they shot out the windows and there's glass all over the floor. But that hug with my mom, my dad, and my grandma crying, like all of us breaking down just in tears, like just truly, there's no, there's no verbal definition of the value of life, but that hug for me exemplifies it in that sense. So for me, it's, it's, it's family. Hakeem Valleys, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. I look forward to building a relationship and seeing how we could add mutual value to each other and help each other out. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they follow up with you? 100%. Um, I answer DMs. Sometimes it might take two weeks. Sometimes it might take a month. But I get back to everything. So Instagram, my Instagram handle is HawkVallis80. That's H-A-K-V as in Victor, A-L-L-E-S, and the number 80. And then LinkedIn, Hakeem Vallis. If you connect with me, it'll take me some time. I'll, I get, I, I respond, every connection, I plan, I, I'm on a conquest to send a video to damn near every single one of my connections. Because what's the point of being connected with me if we're not going to talk? Like, yep. don't connect with me. If, do not, here's a public service that don't connect with me if you don't actually want to talk to me. I don't care about an arbitrary number of followers. Like, are we going to do business? Are we going to talk? Are we going to add value to each other's network? Are we going to engage with each other's content? Are you going to bring me value with your content? No, no, and no. Just, I, don't, I could care less. I'm going to clip that up and we're going to make a PSA. <laughs> Hakeem, thank you, my man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please follow us on all the social media channels. Click, link, share, get it. And remember, take your online, offline. Take care and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.